0: The Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Welcome here for the funeral of Jim Gallagher. Welcome to yourself, Myra, his wife. Uh, Welcome to Natalie and Alison and Gary and all the family who are here, especially those who have travelled to be here with us from England. Welcome to Jimmy's cousin. And welcome also to all those who are joining us in the audio recording that will be available later on in the day, especially Jim's relatives in Ireland. A number of people are unable to be here because of the restrictions, but they send to you today their love, their good wishes, their prayers, and their condolences. All of us here have been very moved. By the illness that came very quickly to Jim There hardly seemed enough time to take it in But the last weeks of his life were full of great clarity for him Great courage too, as he moved towards the end of his life He met all of these things, as I say, with great courage But also with great faith too Which had been a hallmark of his life he mentioned to me often on those occasions in which I met him of his great belief in the afterlife, that he would be present with God and those that he'd loved, and that thought gave him great consolation. He was such a good man, sincere, kind, a man without any sides to him, a simple and straightforward man. He was kind and gentle, To all that he came in contact with everyone who knew him will miss him very much indeed and so we gather in this place in the love of god and he gives us as we know plenty of signs of his love and care for us throughout our lives he is present here today with us he binds up all our wounds and heals our broken hearts to begin the mass and to offer the mass more worthily we first call to mind our sins. Lord Jesus, your mighty God and Prince of Peace, Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, your word of God made flesh and splendour of the Father, Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord, have mercy. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. God, in whose presence the dead are alive, and in whom your saints rejoice full of happiness, grant our supplication that your servant James, for whom the fleeting light of this world shines no more, may enjoy the comfort of your light for all eternity. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Please be seated. A reading from the book of Revelations. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. He who was seated on the throne said, I make everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. The word of the Lord.
1: His goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. I will walk in God's kingdom
2: The second reading today is taken from the second book of Corinthians, chapter 4, starting from verse 16. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration which is prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. These things which we can see now are here today, gone tomorrow. The things that we cannot see will last forever. For instance, when these bodies of ours are taken down like so many tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. And we shall never have to relocate those tents again. This is the word of the Lord.
1: The Lord whoever believes in me will never die.
0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. That day, when the evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall got up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm again. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? For even the wind and the waves obey him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. A number of weeks ago, Jim was here at church and asked me to pray for his mum, Winnie, and to offer Mass for her. I promised that I would do this and asked him to return just a few days later. It was a number of years since her death, and I think that Jim himself especially wanted her to be remembered. Little did he or myself realise that in a few weeks' time we would be gathering here in this church for this Mass that would be offered for him at the end of his life. A very short time later, after he'd asked me to say the Mass for his mum, he contacted me again to ask to see me on an important matter. He was able to tell me then that he was suffering from a serious illness of which there was no medical cure. He hoped to have some months left, but was unsure of how things would go. He was told by the doctors that he had probably been unwell for some time, but the illness itself was undiagnosed, as there was no real signs of its presence. But it was only recently that he became aware that things were not quite right. Only a matter of a week later, maybe, After this meeting, he was able to phone me again, this time from the hospital, and ask me to come and see him. Due to the restrictions in the hospital, permission had to be given for this. I was able to give him the sacraments, and there to speak to him at length. And he wanted to speak especially about this day, the day of his funeral, to make plans and also to speak about the remainder of his life. He was well the following day, but his condition deteriorated suddenly, and on the following morning, he simply passed away. During this time, he was very brave, very calm, and very focused on what had to be done. He had, of course, been a healthy man all his days, climbing those Munros and walking the hills and loving the open air and the wide open spaces. He especially loved the countryside of Scotland and the Lake District in the north of England around Keswick. It was hard for him and others around about him to think of him so ill and that his life would be counted in months, weeks and certainly not years. His well-ordered mind turned to what had to be done, what needed to be done. He put his affairs in order and he turned to spiritual matters to prepare his mind, his heart and his soul for what would come next. I was able to give him confession, communion, the last sacraments and he was very grateful for these things. There seemed little time to get ready. But as it turned out, there was even less than he thought. But everything was ready. His bags were packed, and he was ready for the journey. Today, those readings that we've listened to speak to us of the end of life, not with hopelessness, and certainly not with sadness. In this moment, by God's mercy and love, we are brought to the new Jerusalem, a place where there is no more sadness or tears, It's the joy of reaching the end of the journey where all the roads lead, where God's mercy and His love are, and where He wishes all of us to be with Him. In that moment in which our death approaches, we have crossed the stormy waters of life. We have been in the boat, tossed from side to side, in which it seemed there was danger of it going down. But we have been in the boat with the Lord. Who calms the seas, stills the storms, and leads us to the shore and the safe harbour. In those final days, Jim approached his own end with confidence, sure-footed, and strong in faith, as he had been all his life, very trusted in the love and the mercy of God. In those meetings that I had with him over those last few days, I was very struck by the strong belief that he had in the mercy and the love of God, and in this afterlife to which all life is a preparation. He was not afraid of what was to come, for his faith that he had received in this very church and baptism burned brightly and lit the way ahead for him. Just a few words about Jim's life. He was born the only child of Winnie and Frank Gallagher. He grew up in Canvas, Lang in Cathkin. His father was well known uh, here in this area and was involved in many local groups. Jim had a wonderful childhood growing up in Silverbanks, surrounded by relatives and grandparents and he also had many relatives in Ireland he would join for the long summer holidays and visited these relatives and kept in touch with them all his life. He spent most of his working life in Glasgow Council. Uh, he was an esteemed work, he was an esteemed colleague uh, of his fellow workers and had many friends from those working days as well. He had a great love for Scotland, its landscape, its beauty, its countryside, and as you probably know, he had a passion for a certain East End of Glasgow football team, which he followed in good times and bad. He had a great passion too for hill walking and climbed those Monroe's and even, I believe, turned his eye to walking in Europe. Strangely, on one of these occasions, he met Myra, who became his wife, met her in Geneva Airport while travelling to Chamonix and Mont Blanc. It seemed a totally random thing, I'm sure, that they should meet, but we can't help thinking that God's providence was in it. This was to open up a most fruitful and happy remaining 20 years of his life. For a number of years, he would move back and forward from Scotland to England, but both he and Myra married and he moved eventually to live in England. He confessed to me. uh, Uh, On our meetings uh, a a few weeks ago uh, that a number of his relatives had been bachelors all their life and he thought that this was the same road that was set out for him. But some of his relatives married late in life and I think it was perhaps a great-grandfather who married at the age of 59 and had nine children thereafter. As it turned out, uh, Jim's road wasn't to be a bachelor But like some of his forefathers, had left it just a bit late in life to settle down. To my knowledge, he didn't go on to have eight or nine children, but he did adopt a family along the way. He became a part of Myra's family, Natalie and Alison and Gary Gary and India, Lucy, Harrison, Morgan, Georgia, Ian and Josh. The family loved him very much and they found him to be generous, kind and very thoughtful. He became an important and essential part of all their lives. His Catholic faith meant everything to him. He loved the Mass and kept to that faith all his life. He missed his parents very much when they died and was a very good son to both of them all of his life he kept up that flat where he had lived with his father I don't know if he couldn't think of his life without that connection to Scotland and to this place here that he'd loved and lived in so long I think that he liked England but he preferred Scotland more he was a nice man in every sense kindly Gentle in speech, very thoughtful, and most considerate. I sought thought him to be a quiet man, but not too quiet apparently. When climbing those hills with Myra, she would say he would talk for eight hours solid. Myra and himself had twenty good years together, and were very happy indeed. I'm sure it was an Indian summer of his life. God wants our happiness and contentment. I always thought of Jim as the picture of happiness and contentment. I always thought that of him. At the end of his life, we ask that God grant him eternal happiness and peace. The end of the road has come. He has reached his destination that he had been travelling towards. He's safely home. The weary traveller has arrived. The road comes to an end. God grant him mercy and peace and his love forever. May he rest in peace. brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the offering of this sacrifice be pleasing to you, Lord, so that the soul of your servant, finding through your mercy the pardon he sought for her sins, may exult forever with all your saints and praise your glory for all eternity. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For He is the salvation of the world, the life of the human race, the resurrection of the dead. Through Him, the hosts of angels adore you, rejoice in your presence forever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our bishop, and all the clergy. Remember James, whom you call from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. And remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours ever and ever invite you please to stand and we pray together in the words that our lord has given us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil deliver us lord we pray from every evil and graciously grant peace in our days. That by the help of your mercy, we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant our peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. distributed just where you are so just if you'd like to receive holy communion just stand in the place that you are if you'd like to receive a blessing instead and not able to receive communion then you just place your hand on your breast here so if you don't want to receive communion or a blessing then just remain uh, seated in your in your place so if you'd like to receive communion or blessing please stand As we receive these heavenly gifts, we give you thanks, O Lord, and humbly pray that the soul of your servant James, freed through your son's passion from the bonds of sin, may come happily into your presence. We ask this through Christ our Lord.